0: You kick down walls, and anyone who tells you you can't, you take your fears, your insecurities, your worries, you roll them all up into a ball, you turn those son bitches sideways, and stick them straight up, then can they Pick your goal and stick fucking to it. You wishy washy motherfucker. I can't fucking stand you. I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour, because hours were too precious, one and so one. there I just face want to face. tell people, don't give me this know, thing, I have a well. difficult yeah. time, and with yeah. the time, and run. I don't have time for this, and not that, you have time, you make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. how doing kill you down, What's going right, on guys? Welcome inside the Be Informed, Live Fit Podcast. I am your host, pitch, fitness informing founder and CEO, Ryan Buck. I want to thank you guys here for tuning into the podcast this week to listen to the chief marketing officer for Muscle Sport, Greg Helton. Now, Greg actually is the chief marketing officer for not only Muscle Sport, but Kodiak Sups. There's also Archetype Supplements, which just came out recently. It's a keto based supplement line. And there's Purge Supps, which is also another one that he covers, as well as a couple other brands. So Greg is a very busy man, uh, AKA the Sup Wolf. Within the sports nutrition industry that covers a lot of ground in a very lean staff at muscle sport. I was at Muscle sports headquarters in Long Island, met with Greg, met with Jason, the CEO. Funny story about Jason. the first time I met him, I told him that his lean charms, lean way protein, could use some improvement in flavor. That's not really the first thing you say to a CEO when you meet him for the first time. and and technically, I didn't say that. Greg walked into Jason's office and said, Jason, this is Ryan. He thinks your lean charm sucks. I never said it sucked, first off. I just said I think it can be improved. Jason, the professional that he is, didn't get upset. He got on the flight the next day to go to Atlanta, I believe it was, and reformulated the protein to make it better tasting. I recently just got a beta sample sent to me from Muscle Sport. It is better. It tastes a lot closer to what you'd think Lucky Charms would taste like. And kudos to, to Greg, Jason, the entire Muscle Sport team, for taking feedback from me. Of all people, one guy in the industry, one guy who is uh, I wouldn't even know if I'm I am do not even know if I'm well respected in this industry, but I know there are a lot of people that, that like uh, the way I approach this industry. I'm trying to trying to be a breath of fresh air. So that was great that Jason just instead of being pissed and told me to get the fuck out of his office, you know, embraced the feedback and he made the product better. So for those of you out there who have had lean charms before, I fully expect a new variation to come out that I believe. Is much closer representation to what Lucky Charms actually is. And one thing about Muscle Sport, which is amazing, is they can flavor the shit out of protein powders. And Jason does the flavoring of the protein powders, and Greg's the one that markets the protein powders. And they have a lot of really good tasting protein powders coming out exclusively to G or exclusively to Vitamin Shop and the two-pound tubs coming here in August. And then obviously to their their, their consumer website, muscle So I'm stoked because I, I have this platform, right, Fitness Informants' platform to look through the marketing, to look through the bullshit of marketing to give you the, the, the more informed point of view when it comes to the actual labels and the science behind sports nutritional products. So for me to talk with Greg, who I consider a really good friend, to be honest with you. Greg and I are boys. We, we lifted together at Bez Powerhouse out there in Long Island. Loved it. Love Greg. Greg's a good dude. Greg approaches marketing in a way that I would approach marketing when it comes to sports nutrition. And it's not smoke and mirrors to him. He does not sell something that is not true. Obviously, within this space, you have to be careful of the claims that you make on pack or on label because the FDA requirements say so. But they don't do anything, I think, ridiculous in terms of marketing. Between Muscle Sport, Kodiak, Purge, whatever it might be, I think their marketing is on point. I think it's fair. Uh, compared to some brands out there, I think it's one of the better marketing, um, mar- marketing campaigns that they do. And that's because the Sup Wolf himself, Greg Helton, is at the helm of that. So I hope you guys enjoy the show today with Greg, giving you a different perspective of the world of sports nutrition products and what, the, what marketers look at when a formulary like Jason brings you a product and says, I now I need you to sell this. So that is a, uh, that, that's kind of the premise of today's, of today's show with Greg. I thought it was really good. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this too. Greg is, uh, like I said, a good friend. Can't wait to get back with him here in Vegas in a couple months for the Olympia, which is absolutely insane that that's around the corner. This week's Pumped Up segment of the week is being brought to you by Built Fast Formula's award winning Vaso Blitz pumping iron. Not only is Vaso Blitz the winner of our 2018 Shield of Excellence Supplement Award for the Best Pump Product, it is also the first nitrate formula fully disclosed with 30 servings, not scoops. When Vaso Blitz is consumed daily, even on your off days, it will last you a full month. All this for only $34.99. But as a special, special offer for our listening audience, use the coupon code INFORMIT and save 15% on your entire order at BuiltFastFormula.com. I'm pumped up this week because I've been named the official media partner of Natural Body's 2019 Block Party. Now, Natural Body, I believe it's maybe five, six, or seven locations in New York, one of the biggest brick-and-mortar retail chains in the country, one of the biggest brick-and-mortar retail chains that that, that supplement brands want to be in because they do a really good job of educating the end consumer. Built Fast Formula, for example, is actually in Natural Body stores. And they do this big block party. It's like a mini Olympia. And I spoke with Steve, the owner, and Tim, who runs some of the operations. And a lot of people within the industry, you know, they told me, like, this is going to be a good opportunity for FI, a good opportunity to cover this event. And you know what? At the end of the day, I wanted to be there. I, you know, it's like a mini Olympia. There's an opportunity for me to meet with a bunch of brands that maybe I don't work with today that I can bring some content to all of you listening to this podcast on brands that you've been asking about, here's an opportunity for them to see me and, and to experience who I am and Ryan Buckeye is and Fitness Informant and what we fucking stand for. And being the, you know, the media partner of the Natural Body Block partner, er, Party, I'm going to be everywhere, talking with everybody, trying to get as much content as possible for our YouTube channel, for our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our podcast. Uh, so it's going to be a really good time out in New York City. So I fly back to New York City... On Friday, August the 9th, I'm actually spending the day at Nutribio at their manufacturing facility on the 9th uh, because now it's up and running. And then on the 10th, we cover the block party, the block party in New York City. And then on the 11th, I come back to, na- uh, to, to Nutribio and hang out uh, and then fly back home on Monday. So I'm pumped up to go cover this. This is my first event that I'm you know kind of covering – Sort of an, I wouldn't say it's exclusive because I think, you know, the guys over at Price Plow and Stacked are invited. I'm not sure if they're going to show up, but I'm going to be there. My flight's booked. I have my hotel booked, so I will be there. If you live in Jersey or New York and you go to the block party, make sure you stop and say hi. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to chat. I'm not sure where we're working out yet, but I know that I will be working out because I will not be taking days off on travel. That is not acceptable in my book. So that's what I'm pumped up about. I'm pumped up about a chance for me to go out, meet new brands, but also meet existing brands that I work with, brands like Intel Nutri, who are who's teasing. This is cool. Teasing a new version of Aries, their pre-workout. I, I got a chance to sample it. It was good. They have some cryptic messages coming out. It looks like this new version is going to be featuring a pump complex, is that, uh, clinical dosages it looks like as well, as well as Pico2, which is a really cool ingredient that I really like that helps oxygen uptake and in, increase exercise capacity. A lot of cool, um, cool effects with Pico2. So it's neat to see a brand like Intel incorporate some of these revolutionary ingredients in their formulas and not just solely be based on stims and that's big so those are just cool things gives me a chance to catch up with strategic partners Gives me a chance to meet new people and gives me a chance to hang out with all of you who are in the area that go to this block party because i heard it's absolutely epic our genius moment of the week is being brought to you by the genius brand the genius brand offers high quality supplements with scientifically proven clinically dosed all natural ingredients with a blatant disregard for profit margins the genius brand focuses on creating innovative industry-leading wellness supplements to help you live an active healthy and long-lasting life Supplements smart today. Check out full reviews on the Genius Brand over at fitnessinformant.com. The Genius Moment of the Week this week is, is a comment or a statement made by Gerhardt, who is our Senior VP of Operations here at Fitness Informant. He helps me tremendously with the website and a lot of stuff that we bring you. And he said one time in, in relation to an addict, right? So we talk about how people are addicted to caffeine right now. Like everything is energy this, energy that. As I'm sitting here drinking a Ray's Energy Drink, cheers to all of you listening. But we have people all the time that comment in our self-made barbell brigade group or message me and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm pounding two, three energy drinks a day. I'm drinking two, three cups of coffee and I'm just dragging like, what else can I take for energy? The genius moment of the week is get off the stuff that you're taking. Take a stim break. Guys, we are killing our receptors with all the stimulants that we're taking. We need to get off the stimulants, take a much needed break, let our adrenal glands reset, and, and feel good because, listen, if you're pounding 1,000 milligrams of caffeine per day plus and you still feel fatigued, something is wrong with you. You should not have to drink two pots of coffee, two energy drinks, and you still feel like shit. Your receptors are fried. Your adrenal gland needs a break. There are adrenal support supplements out there. There are certain supplements that you can take to help reset your adrenal. And, yes, I get it. T- putting down the caffeine is tough, so do it. Do it like you do when you're cutting calories, you know, step by step. If you're at three energy drinks a day, cut it to two for two weeks. Then cut it to one and hopefully none. And yeah, you'll go through a little withdrawal thing and you might feel like shit. You might have a headache. But at the end of the day, if you don't do this, you're in trouble. And Garrett always says, you don't give a cocaine addict more coke to cure the problem. So more caffeine, more energy, more B12, whatever it is, is not going to cure your problem. You're still going to be fatigued because your adrenals and your, and your receptors are just fried. So think about this. As you consume soda or energy drinks or coffee, pre-workout, whatever it might be, whatever it might be, be smart about the consumption of stimulants because, yeah, we live in a world where overstimulation seems to be like the cool fucking thing to do. I'm telling you right now, it's not cool. It's not cool to brag about taking a 700 milligram pre-workout. If you brag about taking a 700 milligram pre-workout, you are a fucking idiot. If you make a pre-workout that consists of 700 milligrams, you are a fucking idiot. It's not safe. It's not good. It's It's counterproductive to anything and everything fitness. Nobody in their right mind needs that much caffeine. So if you're struggling to get through your day and you need to grab for that third energy drink and you're still fatigued, think to yourself and think hard that there's something going on with you that's not going to be resolved or fixed by caffeine. It's simple as that. And I could talk about this all day. I get fired up. You can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see how fired up I am. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, you probably can hear how fired up I am. I'm so fucking fired up that I'm going to stop talking, send it over to Greg Helton, chief marketing officer of Muscle Sport and other brands. But make sure that if this is your first time listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. Write us a review. Help with the algorithm so that way more people can discover what is the Be Informed, Live Fit podcast because we have great guests. We've had Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler, my God, we've had Robert Frank, we've had the late Matt Porter. We have John Meadows coming up in two weeks. We have great people within this industry, Chris Gethin, so many cool people, Ashley Horner. Like We're bringing such great content that more people need to listen and learn and be informed. That is the goal of this podcast is to be informed, apply that information to your life, so you can live better versions of yourself moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my good friend, Greg the Sup Wolf Helton. The BAR, Breakfast at the Ready is finally here. The world's first protein bar made with real cereal pieces from some of your favorite cereals and the best cereals of all time. This bar has 20 grams of protein, only 20 grams of carbohydrates with five of them coming from sugar and four grams of fat, 190 delicious calories that you can fit in at any time. Any person can take this bar Man, woman, child, whether you're working out, you're training to build muscle,
1: or you just need a healthy snack throughout the day, the BAR is your solution. Go to
0: redcon1.com and order the BAR breakfast at the ready right now. <laughs> With the amount of hard work that I put in, I need a reputable brand.
1: I absolutely love this stuff.
0: The energy is amazing. The pumps are ridiculous. The flavor is absolutely delicious. I was blown away by the amount of energy, the muscle pump. It keeps me going throughout the day. Take your workouts to the next level. The energy was so crazy for me. Really gives me the boost I'm needing in the morning. You will train harder, you will see better pumps, you will go longer in the gym. The quality of the ingredients makes a difference. Try Rise, you're gonna love it, I guarantee it. Their products are top of the range, and I'm very proud to be a part of Team Rice.
1: For the last two decades, we have been the best-kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full-label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize
0: that you were born and bred for this.
1: Things you once thought impossible, you now do every day.
0: We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it.
1: And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most.
0: Glasses of whiskey, man. I wish we had glasses of whiskey. We should have glasses of whiskey. That's what we would do. That's what we would do. Can we open a bottle? There's no. It's not whiskey. It's unbelievable. I'm sitting in the CMO's office, muscle oh. sport. We're talking about whiskey. This, this this motherfucker doesn't have whiskey for me. You were supposed to bring me whiskey. I know. I actually was. I actually said I was gonna bring whiskey, and then he the said part. no, don't bring whiskey. So I came here, and they. They, well, they I said don't bring whiskey for my boss. Correct. But they showered me with gifts. Our number one red pre-workout. Rhino, King's Ransom, which is amazing if you haven't seen that. But Greg Helton, Chief Marketing Officer, of Muscle Sport. We're actually here in, I'm not even going to pronounce the city because I'm terrible at pronouncing it. Ron Concoma. Ron Concoma. Right? Ron Concoma. Whatever. It's all the same. <laughs> Dude, what's up, buddy? What's going on? How are you? Good, man. It's funny. We, uh, I said this on the IG story. Um, we seem like we've been friends for like 20 years. Yeah. and yeah, I we, think we vibe pretty well. Yeah. And literally, we met each other for the first time in person last night. We yeah, went to uh, hours ago. Beb's Powerhouse Gym here. Or not here, but down the road. Down the road. Across some shoulders. I put him through a real workout for the first time in his life for a while. But yeah, I'm paying for it now. I'm excited about this. And here's why. Because I think a lot of people, they've seen the brand. And they know it's good. But they don't necessarily know like, the, the behind the brand situation. And, and you're, hey, right? you're very much an integral part of Muscle Sport. And it's Muscle Sport success as well as Jason, the CEO of the company, who's actually a formulator and does the flavoring system on this. So, um, yes, he does look like he's 12 years old so how old are you I am 28 as of three days ago 28 as of three days ago you've been in this industry
1: like six and a half
0: seven years so since you were 22 yeah 22 21 22 how'd you get in it um actually I mean I've really been in
1: this industry since I was about 18 or so Uh, I used to do a lot of branding work on the side when I was in college I did it mostly for athletes in the industry um, or influencers before like influencer marketing was kind of a real big thing and I uh, did a lot of websites for coaches and then I started working with brands that they were involved with. So right. I did some work for P28, Allmax, MHP back in the day. Um, and then other than that, man, I've just, I've been freelancing for design and kind of consulting on marketing and branding and things like that here and there. And uh, I linked up with Jason back in 2012, actually just to do some freelance design work. And we met, he liked what I had to say. Um, he really had no one running a marketing department. It was kind of like a side gig back yeah. then. And it just kind of took off. So I started working a couple of days a week while I was in school. I was also a personal trainer at the time. Uh, the day came where I was going to graduate, and he basically said, "You want to come on full time and you know build like a real marketing department here?" And
0: fuck it, I did it. So when somebody puts that type of, I guess, responsibility in the lap of a twenty-two-year-old kid, because that's <laughs> really what you are at that point. Um, I mean, were you young, hungry, ready to? ready to fucking go or you yeah so
1: so for me I mean like my whole life with everything before marketing branding like I kind of just learn on the fly with with everything Uh, I I would say yes to things that I had no idea how to do and then go home and learn how to do them before I had to actually you know work for it so that's what it was I mean I felt like this was kind of like a clean slate job there was nothing they had you know a Facebook page when I started Um, there was no strategy there was no real branding behind it there was no like thought process besides the business model and I thought of it as like you know, I'm in on the ground level, let's let's try to see what we can do with it, and then things just exploded. So,
0: I love how you brought up the word marketing and brand strategy, because I think a lot of people listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube, they they see a lot of marketing messages every single day. I don't remember what the status, right. but you see how many advertisements per day, specifically within sports nutrition, the advertisements that, that they see um, can be falsified of some sorts, like they're not sure. 100% factual in terms of marketing, like how do you balance as a marketing director here? The message that you relay to the viewing audience versus the reality—it's
1: um, tough because I mean you're going to see buzzword marketing everywhere. It's just what it is. Um, but I mean, we don't—how do I put this? There's it's pretty easy to, to market kind of the lifestyle. And I think that's what we focus on more. Like we're not, we don't make empty promises and you know, you see a lot of, and you, I mean how Facebook works now, you're not really allowed to do it, but even in paid advertising, a lot of things are like lose 50 pounds in 30 days or right. try this. And it's, we don't market the results as much as the lifestyle. And I think that's more because, I mean, as you know, supplements and and just like the health industry in general is very individualized. So what works for you, even in supplements or training is not necessarily gonna work for someone else. So we'll give you the facts. We'll give it to you in the most interesting or kind of like fun way possible. And if it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, we have 300 other products that might.
0: What's the biggest sort of derailer for you in terms of marketing these products with today's consumer as, as educated as they're becoming, is there anything that kind of makes it difficult for you?
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, forums aren't as big now as they used to be, but I feel like a lot of, you know, quote, unquote, educated consumers were kind of falsely educated, and sure. there was a lot of broscience going around. There's a lot of, I mean, you know it more than anyone. Anyone can be a coach these days. Yeah. Anyone can be a dietitian these days. So whatever works for that one person, they'll swear by something. And like the when influencer marketing kind of got big, I think that put a heavy toll on the trust on this industry in a negative way. Yeah. So it will settle itself out, I think. I really do think that it'll kind of level out. But at, at this point, it's you see an athlete or a bodybuilder or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. marketing a product and saying it's the best thing in the world. Then their contract runs out and three months later, no no no, I'm sorry. This was really the best thing yeah. in the world. And like we try to avoid it. If you know anyone on our athlete team, we don't sign the biggest names in the world, okay. but the people we do sign, they're with us for five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And if they do leave, it's because they probably left the industry, sure. not necessarily left the company. So what,
0: I think that for sure. What's your responsibility to the consumer as a, as a chief marketing officer for a company of this size with the amount of SKUs that you guys have in your umbrella? Like, what is your ultimate responsibility to the consumer?
1: To the consumer, I would say kind of what you brought up. like. Delivering a positive message on what our products do without making claims that that you want to hear But making claims that like this is what our product is meant to do Mm -hmm. and we want to do it in a fun way I mean we wanted it like my my overall goal if I can narrow it down to one mission statement. It's to It's to make a a relatively boring industry fun Sure, and that's it because I mean a lot of people are packaging the same stuff and there's very little if none innovation going on going on like the formulation end of things Mm -hmm. so
0: Let's have some fun on the marketing end. So the, the, I played devil's advocate just a little bit to that, like making a boring industry fun. There are brands out there who are making the industry fun in their own ways, like putting clowns on their containers and things like that. The formulas are terrible. They're not great products. So as you see competitors kind of do sort of what you said, making industry fun, but you know like deep down inside, they're not necessarily maybe doing the right thing on the consumer. Like how do you, you have have one side, right? You have this business side, you don't realize we gotta make money, we have to keep the lights on. The other side is as somebody who is honorable, Right. to the consumer, like how does, that, does it drive you not seeing some of the stuff that the, cons- that the competitive set does? Um, yes and no, because I think that the, I guess, competitors
1: in our industry that kind of take that route and they're like purposely deceiving the consumer, I don't think that that's a long play. I think that that's going to make them quick money. And you've seen it in companies that I'm not going to name, but you've yeah. seen companies go up and down within two or three years. I mean, we're going strong now for 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people might not realize that, but it has been about 11 years. We started in 2008. Uh, became a full-time thing really in 2012, but um, I mean we're not going anywhere We're not trying to look for the quick buck. We never have everything's been kind of organic growth and trying to navigate our way around a, a Very changing industry in terms of sales channels in terms of consumers mm-hmm.
0: and how marketing trends change every three minutes So let's piggyback off that because you said the channels right you guys This is why a lot of people might not know who muscle sport is because yeah, you're this, not this readily, you're not readily available online you're not right. at the traditional, you're not bodybuilding.com, you're not at A1 or Tiger Fitness, right. that you are sold specifically on your Muscle Sport website and then you have a retail model right. which supports the retailer, can you explain that? All
1: right, so how we started in 2008 basically was to come in and be kind of the savior of the brick and mortar stores that are trying to compete with brands that are on their shelves that are poured out, for lack of a better term, right. everywhere. So. You own a store. Yep. Um, you have some products you have to keep on yourself that people ask for and you have to have them. There's no way of getting around it, you know, whether it's C4 or Bang or these things that are just, you can find them on every block like you find a Starbucks. The problem with that is someone's gonna walk into your store with their phone and they're gonna say, oh, I can get it on Amazon for this much, it'll be there tomorrow. And then you as a retailer who aren't doing the business that Amazon's doing or not doing the business right. that is doing, you're kind of handcuffed into just giving that person the deal or losing a customer. So we wanted to be kind of that savior brand. We wanted to have i think we're at 280 SKUs ranging from vitamins to sports nutrition to general health to proteins and things like that so we wanted to have like a huge grocery store for you to pick from where you're not going to have to battle that yeah so you can find your stuff or all of our stuff on our own website but primarily we want you to walk into brick and mortar stores because that's it's our backbone i mean that's that's what we've done forever and now like we're in kind of a weird expansion area going into vitamin shop but it's something that again it's one of those hills that we're trying to navigate yeah. our way through so
0: it's interesting because some people refer to vitamin shop as brick and mortar others don't um i would say it's still a physical retail store so it's kind of a brick and mortar model but right if you look at like traditionally you look at like a blockbuster which had brick and mortar stores and everything shifted to streaming and online and, and the supplement industry being no different like everything is shifting digitally right like is there plan for you guys in this brand to make more of a digital presence in a in because in, in your history that's not what you right. did but to be a brand that lives on forever, you have to evolve with the time. So right. like, what's your thought process on that?
1: So I mean, we definitely have to evolve. Um, I think it's, without going into detail, I think it's a thousand percent in the cards. Yep. I mean, we're obviously shifting towards digital, but at the same time, I think, like I said, like when I first got here, one of my real goals was to be this exclusive brick and mortar brand, but to market it like the biggest brands in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think we've done a pretty good job at yep. that, honestly. So. I think my next big goal here is to shift into that digital channel pretty heavily, without ostracizing the normal brick and mortar retailers that we've kind of that have not for not for more or less built our business for us. Right. I mean that's what it is. We were loyal to them. They've been loyal to us. So how do we kind of transition into that digital heavy marketplace without just saying, all right, you know, now we're too big for you guys.
0: Right. And so that's I think that's the biggest goal, and it's one hundred percent the biggest challenge. Is that something in that case? For a supplement shop owner like listening to this or watching this and they're thinking my god muscle sports gonna leave me like that's right. not the case but like do you go to them and say like how do we make this work together because honestly like we need to do this it's best for our business but we right. also want to support you like you incorporate them involve them in the decision making in terms of like what's the best avenue to go
1: yeah so i mean um in terms of like the vitamin shop move we went to our all of our top retailers and pretty much any retailer we spoke to we told them what we were doing we told them how many SKUs we going to go into vitamin shop and we're also working on plans to kind of mediate that on the back end. Sure. So whatever we're going to put into vitamin shop, we're going to give our brick and mortar retailer something to kind of make up for it. For sure. In a sense. Now, we're never going to make everyone happy. And I mean, as you know, I'm sure you've talked to plenty of brand owners and plenty of consumers even like we have the number one rated pre-workout on your platform. Yep. I'm sure there's a handful of people that hate the product. Yep. I mean, it's just what's going to happen. So crazy. They are pretty fucking crazy, but, but to be honest with you, I mean, that's just what it is. So sure. we're, we're going to need to eat some punches and yep. we're ready for it. But at the same time, we're strategizing on how to kind of delve into that, you know, more mainstream area. But at the same time, if you're, you know, an owner of a supplement shop, we want to work with you. We want to do an exclusive flavor with you or an exclusive product with you, but we need the same support that we've been giving you guys for the last nine, 19, 18 years.
0: Are you, does it ever frustrate you as somebody as a, on, on a leadership team of a, of a brand that is primary brick and mortar that brick and mortar is not ch- catching up with the times? Like the actual retail stores themselves aren't necessarily shifting and adjusting their business strategy to be in 2019. It's probably the most frustrating thing.
1: Um, I mean, you've probably seen it on your platform and on other like various platforms. We're all going and try to like defend the brand to retailers and things like that. And I, f- I really, truly think that In the grand scheme of brick-and-mortar retailers across the country, there's a small handful who are really trying to evolve because, I mean, let's be real, the only way to navigate through the changing landscape of this industry and, I mean, with everything shifting digitally, is to create something that you can't deliver digitally and that's an experience. Mm -hmm. Because product education, face-to-face, I can get that product education online. Granted, I'm gonna have to kind of like weigh the bro science with the real science and try to, you know, pull from a pretty short, small sample size of information. But I can do it. So how else are you going to deliver that experience? How are you going to give value edge to your customer right. where they don't want to go to Amazon anymore and they want to go to you? One of the ways is partnering with retail-exclusive brands or retail-exclusive products. And the other way is trying to figure out, like, a creative way to, like, why do you want to make people walk into your store? You're mm-hmm. talking about the laziest, you know, we're millennials, dude. We, well, you know, I'm, a, I, I, I'm a millennial. Yeah, you're. But, I'm a kid, but yeah. But, like, we're... Uh, we're lazy when it comes to buying and purchasing and and kind of the behavior in that aspect so if you keep us interested for more than the normal you know hey what's up i want to buy this all right cool we're going to ring you up kind of deal then you win and that's the only way to win and i think there's a the frustrating thing is the brands are getting blamed amazon's getting blamed the online landscape is getting blamed but i don't i mean that's just the evolution it's not like people people started you know crossing out cars when they started to take over horses, they
0: figured out how to a way to, you know, evolve. Yeah, right. And that's just what it is. That, that, that's, I mean, it's human nature to kind of like point the finger at somebody else and say, like, this is why we're failing or this is why we're struggling. But to that point, like retail is dying is what, you've always heard that, right? Like right. Do you, do you believe that?
1: Um, I don't think it's as bad as it sounds, honestly. Uh, I think in certain industries, yeah. I think service industries will never die Yep. Uh, for sure. I think apparel will never die. And I think specialty retail, if done right, shouldn't ever really die. I think everything kind of goes extreme for a while, mm-hmm. and then I think it levels out. And that's why I think the same way like influencer marketing is very close to leveling out, I think the same thing is true with our industry. Yeah. So I mean, you're gonna have your people that, you know, love these mainstream brands, they go on Amazon, one click purchase, and it's there on your doorstep tomorrow, and some guy delivers it in a, in a cellucor uniform if you really want them to. Yeah. Or, you can start going to a store, and admiring the manager at that store because he's a local legend and he wants to sit and talk to you and truly educate you about the product and let you know a little bit. I think the biggest thing is for brands to start opening up personally. Mm -hmm. I think getting to know the people behind the brands and getting to know the people behind the retail stores is gonna be huge because, I mean, when someone describes the lifestyle, I really think it's more like the consumer wants to be part of a culture, Yeah. right? So if you can open up
0: that culture to the end consumer, then. You win automatically. And we, I've had this conversation with others too, like CEOs who take to their Instagram to open up the doors and right. say, like, Here's my family, here's what I do on a daily basis. Like, you do that, right. Jason does that, but not a lot of people like obviously associate the two of you guys with this brand. Um, they might know you as the Sup Wolf, which right. I need to explain how you got that nickname, or was it self given? Um, it was not really self given. Because uh, I give myself nicknames all the time because that's what I do. You know? Well, I give
1: you a lot of nicknames. Yeah, but right. no, for me, honestly, it was like one of those things where when we were kind of in like our biggest growth period uh whether i was with my friends or my girlfriend at the time or the people around here i was constantly on the phone i was constantly just wheeling and deal and talk to people like I, a lot of people don't know i actually do handle about 13 to 15 percent of the sales here also mm-hmm. and i do it just for fun because yeah. i love it i love talking to people i love making deals and i love i love like the the excitement behind it so it's kind of like a brokerage firm, like yeah. the wolf of wall street so i wanted to do something with the supplement industry and you know wolves are my favorite animal the Wolf. You
0: can't see here, but on the backdrop of his office, he's got a big Wolf of Wall Street, like painting, which is I pretty do. cool. Um, a lot. Of, what's cool too about Muscle Sport and this brand in general is like we just spent the day here at the facility walking through your manufacturing facility. Like you guys right. manufacture on site. Each raw comes in, you guys test it for its purity before it goes into the product. Like you guys are doing that all right here on site. Not many brands do that right. at all. What advantage does that give you guys over competitors?
1: Um, I would say that the advantages are equal to the to the consequences behind it too but for the advantages we get to do be a little more creative with it we get to be hands-on with flavors where we don't have to work with a contract house and wait for samples yeah. and then you know reject it go back come back so we can make samples within a day test taste it test it around here get creative with what we're doing in terms of formulation i think the biggest advantage is just a hundred percent control mm-hmm. but again there's a huge liability behind it we have to make sure we're doing the right things like you saw our lab you saw kind of a little bit of the process of what we do, like when we're taking in raw ingredients, we have to basically vet them. We vet right. the vendors that we purchase from, we test them, have to quarantine them, release them. It's, it's a huge process that a lot of brands don't want to take and I understand why, 100%. Um, it just so happens that the CEO, CEO of our company kind of started that way. Yeah. And he, you know, once you start with control, it's hard to kind of give it up. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, even with growth, we've been reached out to by contract manufacturers that want to help some of like the overflow it's tough,
0: it's tough to just give it away. Well, it's not so. just that too. Like, I mean, you have all the liability, but the investment as well. I mean, they, these, sure. the machines that I saw today, the equipment, like they're not cheap by any means. So, no. you know, if, if this goes south, sure you can resell it, but it's a hefty investment that Jason, the brand has to make hoping that this is going to be successful. Right. Um, another another room I saw today is basically a room that Jason's going to lock himself into, the sub chef, all right? This is the CEO <laughs> of the company. very hands-on. He does all the formulas. So King's Ransom, for instance, which got number one rated on our site, he formulated this himself. A lot of CEOs out there right now don't necessarily take on the formulation side. They right. have an R&D guy or a science guy or maybe you have a, a doctorate on staff or a PhD, but like Jason is a, a sub nerd like we are. Right. And like my favorite protein flavor, I mean, this unicorn cookie shake, he just sat in the back room flavored it himself and you guys try it here. He mentioned that dinner or at lunch day. He's like Tupac. He's coming out with all these like all <laughs> And these then he just products, goes away. Right. And right. Then it goes away. Like are there a bunch of products in the hopper that you guys are going to release at some point that you're just waiting for the time? Um
1: <laughs> What do you consider a bunch? I don't know. You tell me. I'd say between our three main brands right now, we're sitting on about 35 products that haven't seen the light of day.
0: And will they all see the light of day or is it just kind of a timing thing
1: no they'll all see the light of day um i'd say 80 percent of those will see the light of day this year okay. whether it's flavor extensions new uh, new products or just whatever it might be but we all right so how he said he's tupac so so his biggest passion is creating right like i mean he, he would lock himself in that room he'll come up with an idea and he'll want to figure out a way to incorporate it into this industry somehow mm-hmm. and that's kind of how i've been here as his partner for for six years now was kind of a way to take his crazy mind, put it on paper and execute it. And that's kinda, of, I think that's why we work so well together because his mind goes a thousand miles an hour. You know, he's making things, he has a flavor idea. My job ultimately is to kind of take that, tie it up in a pretty bow and give it to consumers, so. How, I often, think, do take, uh, how often do you take an idea from a consumer back
0: to him and say, hey, it looks like consumers are wanting this type of product?
1: A good amount a good amount i mean i think i think any good brand should do that because i mean if you if you just kind of listen in on the noise of the industry you're going to get good ideas that way and then you expand on them and that's what it is i mean picasso said it best you know great artists borrow good art i mean good artists borrow great artists steal right. but i think there's a way to kind of steal and expand so you take ideas you take what's working and you make them better and i feel like that's how the industry evolves too
0: so what trend in 2019 do you see just blowing up over the next year and a half two years within this space um i'm gonna say
1: definitely the on the go stuff okay um i think it's it's already exploding like the bars the rtds yeah bars rtds for sure and i think you're gonna start seeing other categories mix into there because i mean realistically right now it's kind of just energy and protein Mm -hmm. right there's really nothing else right but you're seeing now more that there's kind of ready to drink nootropics or ready to drink meal replacements, things like that. I think that's, that's going to be a continued expansion because as we're as lazy as are, you know, the millennials are, we're also constantly busy, constantly doing things, constantly running around. I mean, just for me, like I'm out of my apartment, I'd say 17 hours a day or so. Mm -hmm. So I'm running around, whether it's travel or kind of meeting with clients or just being here. So just having, having anything just at your fingertips is, it's always good to go.
0: One area within, we'll call it this industry that, that's going to blow up, that's not just targeting millennials or that 18 to 35 right. age group, which sports nutrition supplements can target, but right. CBD. And we kind of talked about that. Any plans for Muscle Sport or any of the other brands to dive into CBD in the near future? Oh, man, asking the hard questions.
1: Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so we've, we're have we already working on something right now that we're trying to be first to market with. Um, I'm not going to give any more details sure. than that. but. It's, it's not with Muscle Sports, with one of our ancillary brands, and I think, I think that's going to be huge, and I think as, as things settle down in that area, in terms of like high risk and low risk states, I mm-hmm. think you're going to see probably the, the next boom within this, you know, sports nutrition or dietary stuff in terms of, energy. So you're already seeing it, you know, to an extent now, but yeah. I think what's going to happen over the next, I'd say probably 18 months is going to be huge.
0: Well, I mean, I think I read somewhere it's like a twenty billion dollar industry or something. Or maybe it's more than that. It's just gonna like massively blow up.
1: Well, it's gonna be exponential. I mean, twenty billion is nothing compared to what it's gonna be. If you just think about it, like, like, grandmas are getting arrested in Florida for having CBD vape pens. Yeah. So once that stops happening, it's gonna be a lot safer to kind of really dive into
0: it. Well, the application process of it is anywhere from you to me to our grandparents to our dogs, and and, you know, so it's it's crazy, and it doesn't have to be like a CBD oil. It can be CBD infused protein or protein treats, anything, yeah. What's the coolest product that you got to work on in your time here? Probably King's Ransom. I I think so, for sure. Because it got number one?
1: uh, Well, because it got number one and because we figured out a way to put all these insane ingredients in a formula and flavor it in a way that doesn't make you want to throw up and do it a little bit creatively. I mean, we wanted to do some crazy packaging with it. We wanted to kind of hype it up in, in a way that I don't think we've ever really done with another product before, putting things like, you know, gold flakes in the powder. Yeah. I think there's just, our, like I said, our goal is kinda to, to take something that, that could be simple and make it a little less simple and make it fun and make it exciting for the consumers to want because there's a lot of repetitiveness in, the, in this industry for sure. So I think if you could stand out even a little bit on
0: almost any ledge, it's great. It's interesting from my standpoint because dealing with you guys, I'd say you guys are a mid to a big size brand right. compared to some of the smaller brands out there who are the ones actually kind of more or less doing formulas like this. Right. So you guys are formulated the product in which you did not have to do. Right. You took a lot less margin on it yeah. in terms of money um, and created something special. Like, where did that decision come from to say, let's you know what, let's make something really, really good? Um,
1: I feel like like just being a medium to big size brand. I don't, I still don't think that you need to sacrifice quality for, you know, growth and expansion. I also don't think because of our business model, I think we're still kind of in that, in that niche where we need to create products like this, where we need to create a product where everyone's going to be walking into stores asking for it. Or you're going to actually like, if you're a store owner and you're talking to a consumer, you can, you know, wholeheartedly believe in the product you're holding your hand and trying to explain to someone. Whereas, you know, we're not in big box we're not in gas stations we're not in 7-elevens we're not in any any of that kind of like food drug mass category so i think i, I mean i think this is where the industry is now and if it's not
0: then you're just doing it wrong to do you think it's sufficient for the industry
1: i think it has its quirks okay um i think I think it, it's being over, not over-regulated, but over-scrutinized a little bit from the FDA side of things. But I think, like, DeShay itself is kind of outdated in terms of, you know, how, how ingredients What's pass. It's 25 years old now, right? Yeah, well, 94. Yeah. Right, yeah, so...
0: I mean, they've had some, like, a to it or whatever past that, right.
1: but... Um, it's, but the, the evolution of it is moving slower than the industry is growing. Right. And a lot of brands... I mean, we're, I mean we're, I'd still consider us pretty pretty small and pretty entry level in terms of like where we are in the grand scheme of things. But like any brands trying to enter right now and doing it the right way, good luck. Yeah, it's hard. It's I mean,
0: extremely hard. I mean, the FDA this year alone has put on, I believe, seven ingredients to the dietary advisory supplement list or banned them uh, uh, yeah. as of this podcast, give or take one or two. Yeah, they are um, seven. A couple of them are, are very popular ingredients used across some of your products and, and competitive products that right. Are leaving us to say, okay, what's what's next? So, as a as somebody who represents the brand, like, what's your guys's mindset when you see that the FDA puts hordenine or hegenamine or whatever on this dietary advisory supplement list? How do you look at your products and what do you do? Um, in the short term, reformulate,
1: honestly, because I think that's I mean that's what the consumer deserves. It's what it's what our retailers deserve because what's in our product is not it's not just affecting the consumer; it affects anyone who sells it. Sure. So. We obviously don't wanna put any risk in anyone else's hands, so reformulating is number one. But number two is kinda of getting a little bit more into those ingredients and talking to, you know, different universities or different suppliers that are maybe taking some of those ingredients and having a patented version of them and seeing what kind of research we can get so we can maybe apply for certain statuses with the FDA or prove what it should be a dietary supplement. Because, I mean, if it goes as it's going right now, the industry is gonna go right
0: back to creatine and caffeine. And caffeine, maybe not. Dude. maybe not be <laughs> caffeine to be honest At with some you so. point. Um what's the most difficult challenge for you on a day-to-day basis
1: personally yeah um, organization okay There's a lot of brands here is a lot of moving parts it's, uh, I mean as you've seen it's a pretty slim team here right. so definitely organization um, time management and trying to take a lot of projects that I what I would say most of them are pretty like ASAP or like where you really need some focus and organize them and how how we're getting them actually done so and what's the most fun I always go back to design, man. I love content. I love, I love designing ads, emails. I love getting people engaged on social media. Um, That's, I think that's actually my favorite part of anything. It's what, it's kind of what drew me to this industry because I don't think that there was like a really good or or like a substantial like marketing presence in this industry or like branding. And I think I think kind of like making it interesting and trying to get consumers involved and feel part of a brand like they would with say Nike or popular like sports apparel companies, things like that. I feel like that's the biggest challenge and it's 100% the most fun.
0: Pricing a challenge?
1: For us, yeah. Why? It's tough. All right. So like I said, our our brick and mortar model kind of puts us in a weird position with pricing. So I mean, you'll see it on your forums. You'll see it on kind of anywhere where our products are talked about publicly. You know, this is online for 60 bucks. It is a two pound isolate hydro protein. 60 bucks, you're not going to want to pay for it, of course. Now, the reason we do that is because we're selling this to our brick and mortar accounts. They need to be competitive and sell for a certain amount, which is MAP, which is minimum advertised price. All right, Mm -hmm. So they can sell it for lower, they can't advertise it for lower. But if we start undercutting them on, let's say, the direct level or on our website, or if we went third party and went on Amazon or eBay or something like that, As a retailer you wouldn't really want to support us because then you have to compete so what we really do and I mean you'll see it on all your forums especially when I go on there personally to defend it if you are in an area where there's an authorized muscle sport retailer walk in there buy the product from them I would rather them take the business I would rather you not come to our website if they don't have a product ask them for it if they kind of want to bring that product in great if not or if you have no way of getting your hands on that product come use a discount code Sweet. You know, we do a nice discount code through you. All of our athletes have discount codes. We run, I, what I would say, significant sales that kind of bring our products right down into that, yeah, that perfect line almost at least once a month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's opportunities for everyone to get their hands on the product. And I think the biggest challenge is ignoring that price that you're seeing, like, right off the bat, understanding where our model is with it, right. and then
0: kind of making your own decisions where, where you need to. Yeah, 100%. So. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk about future 2019 releases and get as much info from this guy as we possibly can. So let's do it. Hang with us. as we speak. We've been hyped about this for months and the time is finally here. So let's go check it out. In here. This Galaxy Burst. This flavor has a burst of candy with a hint of tart, giving your taste buds begging for more. It's fruity and creamy, yet sweet and tangy. After months of testing and formulations, this galactic flavor is sure to take over the galaxy. Now let's give it a try. So good. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, time to go. Chicago here at the headquarters for
1: Bollywood this weekend. Time for Bollywood. It's so hot. We got inflatable beach balls, red trucker hats. Get loose. Um, Epic we weekend into a plane to Germany. This is the end of the season. Make it back in one piece. Alright
0: brother. So before the break, we were talking about pricing and how much of a challenge it is for this brand. Now, hopefully, consumers understand why the direct, like your website, has it right. higher, right? We try to explain that to at FI. You mentioned before that social media—it's one of you, you, obviously one of your day-to-day operations. Like, social media's impact within fitness and within sports nutrition is crazy. It's like right. the Wild, Wild West. It's very easy to do for some people. Some people, it's very difficult. Right. How's it impacted you for your day-to-day and how you, like, go back six years ago when social media was like basically just starting compared to now has it shifted everything in your life? Oh, for
1: sure 100 percent. i mean um i guess when i started is kind of when influencer marketing got big i think in this industry specifically it started more with like shreds i think sure. shreds kind of kind of brought influencer marketing to light but i think just like it birthed it it kind of killed it too because it, it kind of made influencers more or less entitled some of them i mean i, th- I personally think true influencers are definitely worth their weight uh, but i think they're it's, it's tough with pricing. It's tough with trying to get organic engagement. Sure. There's, there's a ton of get followers quick out there that, you know, that's, that's not really gonna work for this industry. And I think a lot of brands are getting caught up doing it. I think a lot of influencers are getting caught up doing it. So I think it's, um, it's, it's challenging with our business model also.
0: If Instagram takes away the like feature, gonna, what do you think about that? I think it's
1: great. Why? Um, I think it's great for just kind of like digital well-being. So I think for people who base their entire lives or their entire opinions of other people based on likes, I think that's gonna go away. And I think people are gonna start appreciating truly good content, not popular
0: content. Because I don't think that those things are synonymous. You see something brands still kinda, it feels to me like they're stuck in the past in terms of some of the advertising they do where they're using like, Sexually clad women, right? You know, just posting with stuff, and like, I get there's a slight place for sexuality within the space, and by slight, and sure. there's quite a bit. But like, you can do it in a decent way. Like, what's your thoughts on like looking at some of the ads that are out there that exist that are trying to steer a consumer one way versus the other? Um,
1: I think you need to find a happy medium. I mean, sex sells. Like, the reason fitness is so popular on Instagram is because people like looking at other people who are in shape, and that's right. just what it is. So there's, it's never gonna go away. Um, I, don't, I also don't think it's purely marketing. I think it's truly like human behavior. And I think people are drawn to it. And whether they want it and desire it in certain ways over other ways, that's fine. But I think it definitely goes hand in hand with the product. So, you know, how do you really promote sports supplements, which are supposed to give you results and change your body or change your way of life without kind of showing those results yeah. and showing those ways of life? But I do think that people definitely go above and beyond when they don't have to. And I think that's a very old school mentality. Like you're talking about maybe the Gaspariad, the yeah. old...
0: You know. Old school stuff. Yeah. Um, you're ultimately responsible for basically making the decision whether or not this company shows up at events like the Arnold right. and the Olympia. And I'm stoked about this topic because I'm pretty passionate about it. Oh, this is going to be team. fun. Uh, you've written, I'm gonna catch you've written several tens of <laughs> thousands of dollars checks to these organizations. This year, it sounds like hundreds you do, of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands, of thousands, yeah. That you may not be actually. Uh, we, I mean, Vegas is two months away of this podcast. By the right. time this comes out, we'll be damn near close to a month away from the Olympia. You guys aren't going to be there in terms of a booth the way it sounds. In terms of booth, no, but I'm gonna be there. Yeah, you'll um, be there. But the, the decision not to have a booth, right, because consumers like to try products, they go to these events, but they walk away with so many fucking samples. Of course. It's ridiculous. Um, is the investment worth it anymore for brands to actually show up at these big events, get a booth, spend all that kind of money?
1: Let me ask you a question first. Have you ever been to one as a consumer?
0: Uh, 50-50. I mean, I represented a retailer the first time I went, so okay. I walked through it as more of a consumer. Right. So not, not on the basis I am now.
1: All right, so for me, um, i feel like it's changed also with the times because it's one of those things where well i mean we were talking about digital earlier yeah for in terms of digital marketing if i'm going to throw a hundred thousand dollars at something i can target that hundred thousand dollars tenfold over what i can do at a trade show sure so trade shows now and i mean if you just listen to to the consumer conversation about trade shows it's just a sample fest i mean that's what it is Mm -hmm. it's great to go out there and i think you know have a face and show show consumers, what your brand is about and what new products are coming out. I think it's great, but I think the way that the organizations who are running these trade shows now are overpricing it, I think it becomes way less worth it. I mean, we'll be there. We're going to be there in meeting rooms, doing business with, you know, retailers or retail partners or whatever it might be, but we're not going to do a booth. Um, I'm not saying that that's a forever decision, but it's for sure a this year decision. Uh, this year we've done zero shows. We didn't do the Arnold. Um, we haven't done any of the Europas, we haven't done any of the local shows. We'll, we'll support retailers at, at kind of like outside events and right. things like that. And, you know, they're more
0: targeted, though. And then we won't be at Olympia. Vitamin Shop picks up the phone, calls you, Greg, and says, Greg, why aren't you at these events? You guys are a big brand that carry now. Because the reality of the situation is the GNC, the Vitamin Shops of the world, they would like you to be there showing up because right. you could tell people to go in the Vitamin Shop and pick it up. For sure. How much do they dictate your decision to go or not go? Uh, just about
1: zero because my response to them would be, However much I'm going to spend there, if you'd like, I'll spend it on digital to walk people into your store okay. because it's, it works the exact same way um, and actually it works better.
0: When you see these new, new supplement companies pop up and the first thing they spend their money on is like the Olympia or the Arnold, if you could give those companies any advice, like what would you tell them? Do it, make the mistake and learn from it. Once they make the mistake, they might be out of business though.
1: Yeah, they might be, but um, I think... I, I mean, truly, I think if you're willing to kind of make that mistake in the beginning and you're really going to put like everything you have into doing that kind of trade show, I don't really think you should be in business
0: anyway. How many people reach out to you and say like, you know, we're, we're planning on doing the Arnold this year and they're brand new, maybe six months into the industry. A ton. A you ton. talk them off the ledge?
1: Yes. Um, Do they give to you? <laughs> most of them, yeah. Okay. I mean, most of them at least at least understand what I'm saying and they kind of maybe dive around and, and make their own decisions after that. but. I just think that, and I'm not saying that it's not worth it. I think there are brands that will do these shows, um, more direct to consumer brands, more kind of like consumer engaging brands that aren't really, that don't have the business model we have that can absolutely make their money back or they can absolutely not even make their money back, but consider it a positive investment in the future of the company. Yeah. I don't think with our business model that we're there right now. Um, I think we've done it. We did it for four years. Honestly, we did four Olympias in a row. We did three Arnold's in a row. We did a ton of the Europa shows. It was great. It was great for business development. It was great for meeting people. It was great for kind of getting people to one of the best things about it was when I first started doing these shows, people would walk by the booth and be like, who's muscle sport Mm -hmm. towards the last year that we did the shows. It was, Oh dude, there's muscle sport. Like so purposely were looking for it. Yeah, it was cool. It was a, it's a a weird shift, like almost where you don't get to see yourself in the mirror every day, but you get to see yourself in the mirror once every year. And every year it gets better. It was kind of one of those things. But now to this point, it's almost like, all right, we did what we needed to do in terms of consumer engagement. So now it's work on building, you know, the business aspect of things a little bit more and and trying to solidify those relationships and put our money into supporting retailers. What's the secret to longevity?
0: (sighs) Reason why I bring it up on the stage, because like, it seems like there's a race to the bottom in terms of pricing, which, right doesn't equate to me to be like longevity and long term health. So you have those competitors out there that do that way. You guys take your approach. But obviously there's an approach for longevity. You guys have been around set for, for a long time mm-hmm. uh, that says something. So like what what's the secret?
1: Growing organically and, and organic is I use that term loosely because that doesn't mean like don't don't pay. Don't you know sure. don't invest money or or, or a, a significant marketing budget. But try to target that a little bit smarter than than kind of just throwing discount sales every week and trying to get as many people to take your products as possible. Because once you dig yourself into that price hole, you, you just can't dig yourself out. It's, not, it's just not possible. I mean, you're seeing it with all the retailers and all the people who are complaining about these legacy brands. And it's, oh, well, I can get that for two for $14. You're never gonna come back out of that because right. then that, that price is expected and that, that model is now expected.
0: So you have to figure out different ways to innovate. What other brands out there do you look up to? for inspiration?
1: Um, I mean, I, I try to I try to hold pretty good relationships with a lot of different CEOs or, or kind of like leadership teams at, at other brands. I think if I could pick maybe my top three, I would say Ghost, Redcon. All right, I'll pick my top two. Top two those yeah, those yeah. are the two that I seriously look up to, I think in terms of just, I think Ghost is kind of changing the game in terms of how their business model is. And like, I think they are truly one of the first lifestyle brands out there. Yeah. And I think Redcon is just a machine that is turning into a transformer that's eating other
0: transformers and doesn't slow down. Have you had a chance to, I knew you were gonna mention those two brands just because they are like so prevalent today right. in 2019. They're always mentioned in, in brand of the year conversations, people always say like, these are the two brands that come to mind for what they're doing. Um, it, can what they're doing, is? are you guys able to replicate that?
1: With our, see the thing, the, the good thing about I think looking up to those brands and looking up to those CEOs and, and partners in those brands is because We're on completely different wavelengths in terms of business model. You know, Ghost is primarily GNC here in the States, direct-to-consumer, and then very big internationally. Redcon is pretty much everywhere you could possibly be. And we're primarily brick and mortar. So, I I mean, can they be duplicated? Of course. But it depends on where you're going with the business model and how you want to grow and what you have to put into it and the relationships you start with. Because, I mean, you know where both of those CEOs and those owners came from, right. and they've been long standing in the industry forever. Yeah. And they went two separate paths, and they're both killing it. See, it's possible to have friends in this space. I mean, I think so. I, don't, I, I have way more friends than enemies in this space. Why is there opinion. so many egos?
0: Like, I I mean, I talk about this quite a bit. Like, why is everybody so. I mean, I get having pride, right. but why can't people just be fucking friends? Like, so, I mean, can be happy for other success.
1: I mean, I think you can. I think a lot of people go. I mean, you see me on social media. You see other yeah, CEOs you're and things. I'm are positive, right? Like, like, I think what's I'm your pretty positive
0: of others who aren't, because there's a lot of Debbie Downers, or other people who are just, I don't know, salty don't about think,
1: something. So see, that's the thing. It's the salty is a good word because I don't think ego is the word. I think ego is positive as long as you don't let that ego transition into jealousy. Sure. Because, because that's what kills it. Is that when when you see someone else doing well and you get mad because they're doing well, that's a problem. Yeah. But. If you see someone doing something shady and you get pissed I don't I think that's okay I yeah, mean really I, th- right. I, see, I see a ton of brands where I don't think they're doing it the right way and I don't respect those brands I right. mean we've, we've spoken about this personally privately um, that's just my personal opinion but if I see another brand like Redcon or like Ghost that's absolutely crushing it I have there's nothing negative I could say yeah I mean that's I think that I think everyone should have that mindset because I also think the more relationships you build The better you are in the industry as it evolves
0: anyway so are you happy with where you're at in life i mean you're at 28 years old that's not bad i mean you're a cmo of uh, a big a big sports nutrition brand and corporation you pretty happy with yourself
1: um happy yeah but like like i said i've always been kind of kind of one to just say yes to something and try to learn as i go and and continuously grow so um satisfied no happy yeah man. i gotta live my life day by day so yeah, i'm definitely happy i'm definitely content but i'm definitely nowhere near slowing
0: down what's uh what's gonna satisfy greg helton pg version please (laughs) oh now we're all right um i don't know i don't get
1: satisfied by a lot okay i'm never like i'm not a trophy guy i don't uh i don't think like there's there's never been a point in the six years i've been here where it's like fuck, we won yeah like that's never what it's been like it's like fuck, that was cool what's next so what is next there's a lot next um like I said, I mean, I think we're in a, a pretty weird, but cool transition period where we're kind of expanding into different channels that we've never even touched before. So I think once we kind of fully expand into those channels, then it's like, all right, how do we kill those channels like we killed the brick and mortar? And I think that's the next short-term goal in terms of everything. As far as long-term goals, I don't have any. I, I think of everything in, you know, one, two year blocks and, and where like I, I want to yourself. Ah, oh, for both. Definitely okay. for both. I mean, definitely for the brand because I don't think you can look too far ahead because you, I don't know. I mean, this space is so different today than it was six years ago. So the space is going to look way different five years from now than it is right now. Right. So, I mean, it's just trying to navigate your way through that and try to roll out the punches and evolve with where it's going because like realistically brands don't dictate their own success. The marketplace does and how they adapt to the marketplace. So I think I think that's kind of where you truly win is where you can kind of call audibles and maybe change the game plan or, or your five year plan, shorten it down to, to maybe a two year plan and then quickly develop your next two year plan. Yeah. So I think that's
0: where we're at. You mentioned earlier too, like there's not a lot of innovation in this space. Potentially we could talk, we could say based on the formula side, but you guys have done a fantastic job in terms of flavor innovation. Right. I mean, the three right here obviously are the unicorn cookie, sugar cookie or cookie shake, excuse me. Amazing. Well, these two come out in August uh, right. to vitamin shop which is going to be fluffer nutter and then coconut caramel caramel. they're phenomenal by the way like they're so so good uh is that really kind of jason's thing like just developing like new exciting flavors that are going to be like consumer (laughs) demand is going to be so high for him
1: so one of the things kind of the best way to explain it since i've known jason is like he's always wanted to do that one little extra thing so like all right you can create a killer pre-workout but like what patent ingredient can we use that someone's really not really using yet that kind of flows with with the synergy of the rest of the ingredients or what kind of what else, I mean I feel like we were the first to kind of put like additives in our protein and yeah you know we've caught some flack for it from certain people but to be honest with you those consumers and as as shitty as this might sound is they're not really our consumers mm-hmm. because if you're worried about an extra half gram of carbs because this is a lot more fun of an experience now then you probably should be doing something a lot cleaner anyway, and you know, yeah, exactly. You know, like just, just get all your, you know, protein from steak if you really want to go that way. But I mean, for us, we don't, we want to keep the product clean. We want to keep the product healthy, but we want to make it fun. So, I mean, I don't think anyone was doing that before we did. And now we've seen a lot of other companies follow suit. And like I said, where you don't want to kind of dig yourself to that jealousy hole, I think it's awesome. And I think it's how like prop blends went, when prop blends, uh, when full transparent labels started, And other companies started to follow suit. The people who kind of like spearheaded those fully transparent labels were mad, and I don't think that's the right mindset you should take. I think you should you should like the the fact that you're changing the industry and that it's actually evolving. Because what's I mean, what else is the point?
0: Sure, cereal flavors. You guys are one of the first to come out with it.
1: Everybody does them now. Bother you? No, at all. I don't. No, I don't think so. I mean, first of all, I think we're still the best by far. Um, But I think it's cool. I mean, and I think. I think it's cool watching other people try to like innovate that way too and pick different cereal flavors because it's tough i mean i feel like we've done a lot of the most popular cereals that you can at least here in the united states so mm-hmm. i don't think anyone's going to come out and try to make something that tastes like cocoa i mean uh like cornflakes. so yeah no eh, could be though
0: be interesting um what what's something about this industry that we that like frustrates you
1: um on the business side of things i think I think the super low bar to entry okay I think that's what it is I think anyone with a couple thousand dollars and an idea can start a brand not that I'm saying that that's bad but I'm saying that it's it's potentially dangerous for the consumer who can't tell the difference of you know a bathtub brand and a brand that's trying to do things right so I mean you know you're close with Mark over at Nutribio. he is very adamant about doing things right on the manufacturing side yeah the problem with that is a lot of entry-level consumers might not know the difference between that bottle and the bottle next to it when they hit a retail store that's not really in this space, per se. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's kind of dangerous. Um, I think, not that I want the industry to be over-regulated, but I think there should definitely be a little bit more concern on the, on the retail side of things for who you let on yourselves. And I think that's, uh, that's another problem with
0: kind of the, the landscape shifting. We were talking about this earlier to SARMs and how certain retailers are still selling them today. Right if that retailer is selling sarms and they also carry muscle sport, I mean, do you have an issue with it?
1: I don't have an issue with it because I'm never going to tell, I mean, look, it's I can't tell our retailers what to do. I can only give them the best possible product that we create and give them the education and give them my thought process. I mean, I personally for accounts that I have good relationships with, I'll tell them to get out of it. Yeah. I'll tell them it's not regulated, it's not safe, it's not I mean, and just the legal issues alone are going to start crushing people, and that's the, the problem. Is is you're seeing it already, mm-hmm. and it's almost coming at the worst time because it's coming where where brick and mortar retailers are kind of grasping at straws and they're they're trying to grab the lowest hanging fruit. And unfortunately, right. the lowest hanging fruit really is is those like gray area or at this point straight up illegal ingredients, right? Because no one else is carrying them. Again, that's kind of my thing. Where like if you grow too fast, or you're gonna that's going to be super short-lived and it's not a long-term strategy for success in the in the brick and mortar end of things
0: So your brand really has never been kind of big on like anabolics right like, poor hormones phs um or even gray area ingredients per se like how do you s- see that curve and, and try to avoid it because i mean like dma dmha at one time was accepted right and you guys didn't like widely use it at all or, no. i don't think did you and
1: i mean we did well um the original so you might not even know but just when I signed on and kind of, uh, like, I guess early 2013, we got rid of it, but our first real flagship pre-workout was just called Rhino revolution. So this was before Rhino 2.0 It's before we rebranded the company to the, uh, the current look. Um, and it did have DMA in it, but we pulled it as soon as we were told to pull it sure. essentially. And, um, I think what's, what's happening is brands are afraid to do that necessarily because, because they're riding on that product. Mm-hmm. And I think if you kind of build your base on a gray area product, you're, you're not thinking long-term anyway because it can be pulled out from under you, yeah. in, you know, any day.
0: So I mean, there, I, I can think of one brand in particular that suffered a lot from DMA being taken on. and Not just one brand, but like right. in my head, I can think of one. It was one SKU that everybody loved and it was like 75% of their business, yep. which is a lot gone uh, in one day. But anabolics, pro-hormones and things like that, like right. not your forte. There's a lot of money in that stuff.
1: There's a lot of money in it. Um, there's more money in it on the retail end of things, honestly. But I mean, uh, it's just it's not something that we did from the beginning. I mean, we've kind of built our business around protein and around unique pre workouts. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. But again, like we have 300 products. We have test boosters, natural test boosters, herbal test boosters, whatever you want to call them, and they sell. I mean, we still have them because they sell. But they, that's not our bread and butter. Um, it's not something that we ever wanted to get into in terms of like the gray area kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's too dangerous. And for something that doesn't really hold our, hold our business up, I don't think it's
0: a worthy investment. What, for you, what's your stack? What's the Greg Helton stack? Like if you're going to put it on your, on your corporate website, what would consumers expect? For me? Yeah.
1: Oh, man. I mean, I don't really take that many supplements, man. Well, you, I mean, if, if I that... had to do anything, honestly, I would probably take just our lean way ransom of course and some of our general health stuff nice liver sops nice, nice... bcaa products your bcaa product is good we do we have well we have a couple so we have our bca revolution which is an orange bottle that's that's kind of like our flagship bca yep. and then we have amino rev which we just brought out at the beginning of last year which is our black series it's full spectrum
0: eaa yeah so which is like the hot thing right now right so can you can you give us any inside looks into like 19 like are we can we expect more protein flavors can we expect new pre-workouts can we expect what What can we expect from the brand all right
1: without giving away too much because because uh, I always yell at my boss for giving away too much <laughs> yeah there's gonna be a couple protein flavors that no one's seen before uh, those are hundred percent dropping before the end of the year and we plan on coming out with and I'm gonna cool myself here all right six new pre-workouts six new pre six new pre-workouts workouts. so and that's and that's gonna be between brands, Right. It's a lot of work for you.
0: It's fun. Dude, this is good. I mean, I, I like the fact that people can kind of see it. and and then from the marketing side too, because it's like a different animal than just yeah. getting, getting an R&D scientist on here and talking about like this is why I picked this ingredient and this right, is why this. Right. So uh, a different view of things. Um, last question before we wrap this up is uh, when you get proposed to your girl. <laughs> can you promise me she won't <laughs> see this one? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> God. Ask her right now. Make her, make her watch no, it. That's one view. That's one v- I'm cutting this.
1: Dude, public. first of all, <laughs> <laughs> she would shoot me in the face if this is how I proposed to her. I'm, okay, um, I'm not
0: okay with that. If she shot you in the shoulder because they're so massive today. Yeah, I yeah, yeah true. Shoulders, should shoulders, maybe.
1: It could live with that.
0: Um, Soon? God. Soon, maybe, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable what these kids do these days. Crazy, right? My man. Thank, Thank you, sir. sir. Appreciate it. That is the marketing approach to sports nutrition. Simple, right? You guys are probably thinking, how do I start a supplement company now? How do I pick the brain of somebody like Greg Wolf, the sub, Greg Wolf, Greg Helton, the sub wolf, and uh, and then start my supplement company tomorrow? Listen, it's not that easy. It takes a lot of work, and Greg hustles and does a lot of great things, does a lot of label work for Muscle Sport, Kodiak, and the brands, and it was a pleasure to have him on and talk about certain things within the space, especially, you know, the best part of this whole conversation, in my opinion, was talking about the, the aspect of jealousy within sports nutrition, because it's something that just, I don't understand. You know, I'm always happy for people's successes. I don't get jealous about that stuff, and jealousy is just a, you know, it, it's a, it's a bad trait to have. You know, uh, Be happy for people, and, and uplift people is, is kind of all I want to say, but Greg was a, was a pleasure to have on the show, um, shooting some straight fireballs. So if you're within the sports nutrition industry, you'll probably agree with a lot of what Greg said. If you're outside of it, you probably learn a lot about what those, within, those inside this industry think and do. So pleasure to have Greg on the show. Next week, CEO Nutribio Mark Glazer joins the podcast for a third time he was on early last year as one of our first guests. Then he came on with Mark Lobliner. And then him and I sat down at his office in Middlesex, New, New, uh, New Jersey, at the Nutribio headquarters and had a good conversation about a lot of things. And uh, it, Mark's a good friend of mine, and I appreciate him coming on. And I'm excited to go back out and visit his facility and hang out with him and the, the Bio Crew. So if you're listening, part of the BioCrew, looking forward to seeing you guys here in a couple weeks as well. Um, and then in two weeks, we're going to have John Meadows on this show, which is just, it's cool. I mean... To tell, you know, if you told me two years ago that I was going to start a podcast and have people like Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler, Branch Warren, and and, and guys like John Meadows or Matt Jansen or Joe Bennett, I would be like, my God, that'd be cool. That would be really cool. And here we are. John Meadow was coming on in two weeks. So appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Hit that review button and write us us a review if you like what you heard. A five-star review would be greatly appreciated. Helps with the algorithm so more people can discover the Be Informed, Live Fit podcast. Uh, We hope you got some great Nuggets of information from this one. You definitely that's the goal of each of these podcasts. That you walk away more informed than you were before you coming into the podcast, if that makes any sense. So we appreciate your support, the love I feel it every single day. Keep uh keep engaging with us on social media. You know, be informed, live fit everybody, and hang loose. Let's go.